No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. I'm in here today. I got my man Remo with me, and we officially tapping in and doing the Dom Corleo interview. Yes, sir, yes, sir. It's official. It's going it's official. down. And uh, int- introduce us to your friend here as well. Uh, it's Bristow. Uh, a lot of people up? probably know Bristow already. My producer. Produced a couple songs you might know. You guys think of yourselves as like a real rapper-producer duo, or is it just a, a temporary thing? No, I'd say so. I think we're a rock band. Yeah, we're a little <laughs> rock band, a little duo. Yeah. How y'all meet? How y'all get tapped in with each other? Yeah, me and Bristol met like, um, what, like five, six years ago? Like five yeah, years like ago. Yeah, five years ago. Yeah, because I was just, um, you know, I had started making music, and then, um, you know, I was just networking through, like, Instagram and And, uh, yeah, bro, just through a bunch of producers I was networking through, with. like, YouTube and too. Actually, no, no, no. I met Bristol. He so he was making YouTube type beats, and I had found one of your one of your beats on YouTube, right? Mm. And then I just hit him up, and I was just like, like yo, like you're hard, and pause. But yeah. <laughs> very necessary. But, yeah, nah, I, I hit him up, and we just like locked in, and just from there, bro, like you know, I got connected with all his homies, and then all you know, we just became a big ass friend group. So. Okay. Yeah. So even before that, though, like musically, or, or what, what was your childhood like? Give us a little bit of insight into that. Um, I mean, pretty standard childhood. Like I grew up, you know, with both my parents. Um, I grew up in, I'm from California, so I, I uh, was up born Up north, in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what, what was that, my bad? Up north? Yeah, so um, I was born, you know where like Roseville is at? It's kind of by Sacramento. Okay. So I was born there. Uh, lived there for about 10 years in this little city called Rockland. And then um, I moved out to the Bay Area uh, when I was about like 10, yeah, like 10, 11. And, you know, uh, went to middle school there. Actually, I finished off elementary there, went to middle school, graduated high school in the Bay. And then um, I moved out to Arizona for two years because my my parents got a crib out there. Mm. So What were your parents doing there. during all this? Um, what, like growing up? Or like career-wise or whatever, yeah. My dad does audio-visual. Like, ever since I've grown up, he's always done audio-visual. So, like, he'll go, I don't know, like, he, he does cool shit. Like, they've done shit with, like, electronic arts. I remember when I was young, he always used to bring me to, like, the EA, the EA headquarters to, like, get games and shit. You know, mm-hmm. they have that little store in there. Um, so they, they do shit where, like, they set up the conference rooms, like, something like this. So, like, the audio... I don't I don't even know like that like all the audio equipment he would do all that shit so I feel like most of my life I knew what my dad did but I didn't yeah. actually really know what the he was doing at yeah. work a lot of the time you know? yeah no nah, he he would like bring me to work with him here and there so I got to see like all the shit he would do um and then my mom my mom was always doing like apartment leasing and like she would always be um like I know when I was in high school uh the complex we lived at she was the manager there so you know she was always doing that Actually, when I was younger, she worked at a at a like a casino. It really? was like a hotel casino, and she worked in like the hotel area as like the manager there. So I used to go to the casino when I was young and like go and run around there. So I was fun. <laughs> as yeah, that's what's up. But um, yeah, no, I lived in Arizona for two years, and then I moved out here to LA uh, like the beginning of this year. Okay, you didn't like Arizona, bro? It's just so dry there. There's not <laughs> shit going on there. Like, I mean, it's nice. It's nice if you're like retired. You know, exactly. my parents yeah. love it because it's quiet. They've got a nice house, which, you know, wasn't expensive. You know, coming from the Bay Area, Bay Area is the most expensive place to live now. It's, it's you know, it's ridiculous out there. So they went, you know, they got a nice house in uh, 
it's kind of like west of uh west of phoenix like 20 minutes west of phoenix okay and um yeah i mean they love it it's just bro it's too hot and it's just uh it's not much going on like as far as music arizona seems good when we're talking to drill artists and they're talking about moving to arizona like to get away from like all the murders in the city they grew up in but for someone who lives in like la i just cannot imagine how much more boring it would be to move out there yeah bro it's not i was just actually there this past week just visiting my parents but um yeah it ain't really going on there they've got like a little scene but it's just i don't know bro it's the desert so you know so you feel like the bay is more home for you yeah, no, nah, the Bay's definitely home because that's, you know, that's where I spent. I say, like, where you're from is where you grow up. So, like, mm-hmm. me, you know, I I did end of elementary, middle school, high school, all in the Bay Area. So that's definitely, like, where I, you know, where I would say I'm from. So were you making music in, uh, like, when you were in high school and shit, or when did that start? Yeah, so I started making music when I was 15. So I think I was, like, a sophomore. And it was actually funny. Like, it started as a joke. Like, me and my homeboys would just go go over to each other's crib, and we had, like, a little PlayStation headset, and we downloaded Audacity, and we were just, like, around doing freestyles. And then, you know, it went from that to where I was going back to my house. I had, like, this little setup. I had, um, there was this girl at my school that sold me, like, a, a snowball mic for, like, 20 bucks. Mm. And I made this little setup where I put cardboard, like, around it to do, like, the, you know, to block out the noise. And, you know, it went from freestyling at my friend's crib to recording at home when I got home from school. And then, like, I would bring my shit over to my friend's crib and I would record at his crib, you know. So, like, yeah, it just, I don't know, it's kind of weird how it came to be. But, it you know, it's just something that I immediately, like, grew a passion for. And at that time, too, like, you know, I was big in the SoundCloud shit, like, I loved every SoundCloud rapper that was popping at that time. So like what era of SoundCloud rap were you talking about? Like X, Uzi. Okay. Like that, you know, that was when I was a freshman. Like I remember I found X when I was like in eighth grade. Mm. And then when I was like a freshman is when he started blowing up. So right. like that, you know, and that whole SoundCloud scene started blowing up. That was like 2016. So I just, um, yeah, you know, I was heavily influenced by all that. Like, I, you know, seeing all these, all these guys and, just being like, I was never good in school, so I was always, you know, I had my headphones in, just listening to music. And were you like a popular kid, or were you nah, kind hell, of a loner? No, nah, I was to myself, bro. I just put <laughs> my headphones in. <laughs> hell no. <nah. laughs> I put my headphones in, just get my shit done, and, you know, I go kick it with my homeboys and smoke weed, like, in the car on break. So I, I didn't really, yeah, I was never really around nobody like that. So when you moved to L.A., was that <clears throat> primarily because of the music? And do you have, did you actually have traction, or, like, were you doing any numbers at that point? Yeah, so I moved to L.A., like, right after it really, like, took off. Because, you know, I, I had been making music for, like, five years. Um, but really didn't take off until, like, the end of 2022. I had dropped that uh, this one song, Penthouse Shorty, um, like, August 2022. And I put it on TikTok. Actually, I put it on TikTok, like, right before I dropped it. And the snippet just, like, blew up, just got huge. And, um, you know, just from there, like, I dropped the song. The song did really good. Um, I just stayed really consistent, kept dropping. You know, every every drop I was putting out, I was just staying really consistent with TikTok, too. And every drop I was putting out was just doing really good. So, obviously, when that starts happening, you know, labels start hitting you up, and everybody starts reaching out. So, like, in this time period, like the end of 2022, you know, I was I was going back and forth. Just me and my manager were flying out to L.A. like every week to do all these um, all these meetings and, you know, meet with all these different people and get in studios with this person and that person. So, yeah, it was um, 
it was just really hectic going back and forth. So it was just easier for me to make the move out here. And by the time I did move out here, I was a lot more established with what I was doing. So And did you already sign? Yeah. So I'm it's not a record deal. Um it's a distribution deal. Okay. So Ooh. I have a distribution deal and then I have a pub admin deal. Okay. Who who'd you sign with? Uh my distribution deal is with an indie label called New Eleven. So um they were actually really close with my manager. It's two guys that uh that own the label. Uh huh. And they were already really close with my manager. My manager had already, you know, brought them a bunch of deals and he was seeing what they were doing for other artists. So he was like, yo, you should like, you should with them. You know, they really with you. They would love to just start with something small. And, you know, like I wanted to obviously be smart about it because these, bro, these major labels come to you and they're offering you, you know, they're offering you a little bag, but they, they locking you in for six years. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you go to a major label as a small artist, they've got artists like Uzi and you know, what What makes me believe that they're going to prioritize me over artists like that? Definitely. You know, there's a lot of labels are just looking for a quick buck when it comes down to that. Like, you know, they, they see a TikTok hit. Of course, they want to sign you because they want to make that money off that TikTok hit you got. So, um, yeah, I mean, I knew I, I didn't want to sign to a major off the bat like that. Um, so, yeah, I ended up, you know, fucking with these two guys that my manager was close with. They had their own little shit going. And, um it just worked out, bro. I took like a small distribution deal with them off the bat. Got those. It was like 15 songs. Got got those out the way and then uh, re-signed with them for obviously like a lot, uh, a lot larger amount. And so when you when you first started getting any kind of viral going on or whatever, was it primarily on TikTok? Like you just kind of kept putting yourself yeah. out there on TikTok and just random clips started doing well? Yeah, bro. It was just TikTok. Like, and it wasn't even that other people were posting shit. It was just me like... Like, and I, I would just post this most simple shit too. Like, for example, the, the shit that blew up was just like a snippet of the music video. And the music video was just full shot on VHS. Like, I wanted it to be super simple just because I knew, like, what would gain tracks, what would gain that traction at that time. Mm. So I, I told, you know, I told my videographer, homie, I was like, bro, look, let's do this shit. mad simple. We'll just go, you know, VHS, the whole thing. I'm going to post a clip on TikTok. And, you know, we hope for the best. And, and from there, just took off. So as soon as that took off, I, you know, obviously I took advantage. Um, I was just using like the sound on TikTok, making videos with it, like as much as I could every day, every other day. And every video, you know, would do really good. Cause that's, that's kind of the way TikTok is. It's weird, bro. They have like a weird algorithm where like, if you, if you catch that algorithm and you're posting a certain way, like every video you post is going to go up. And as soon as you kind of let go of it, we're like, now I'm at the point where I kind of let go of that. So now when I post TikToks, they're not going to do as good as, you know, like it was before. So I kind of got to get back in that algorithm. But um, yeah, I mean, at this time, bro, like everything was just going up. Why did you fall back from like doing TikToks? Like, bro, you don't I want to be like, so, like it, it's not even that I didn't want to be anything. Like, I don't mind doing TikToks. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with TikToks. You start to feel like Addison Ray. <laughs> Nah, not that type of TikTok. <laughs> it's like you're doing a little too much. <laughs> yeah, nah. I mean, everybody uses TikTok. You see, like, Yachty making TikToks. Yeah, and, yeah. you know. Um, nah, there ain't oh, nothing wrong with big it. Big percentage of artists have, like, a person on their team who's in charge of yeah. coming up with TikTok ideas for them at this point. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I remember when I first started doing it, I was like, bro, like, I don't got no ideas. Because everybody was making these TikToks, like, where they got this whole caption. You know, they post it, and they've got, like, a, oh, my music, this, that. Like, bro, I was literally just posting videos, like, just a video of me with no, no, like, caption or anything. And mm-hmm. I would just put, like, or, like, if the song was dropping Friday, the caption would be Friday. And it's just a video of me, like, with the song playing. 
because as an artist, there's a lot of stuff that you could do on YouTube or TikTok or whatever that might go viral or be good for getting you out there, but ultimately will kind of make you look like a piece of corny yeah, to a lot of the yeah, fan base. So the thing, there's a lot of weird yeah. decisions to make like that, you know? Yeah, you don't want to make it in a certain way where like it looks a type of way. And, you know, obviously going along with, with my career, I've done that, you know, I probably shouldn't have done or that looked a certain way mm. that, you know, that little, that, that small thing can affect like a lot and, you know, it can affect how a lot of people look at you. Um, but yeah, no, I don't see nothing wrong with, you know, doing TikTok. It's definitely, I mean, it's free promo, bro. I didn't pay a dime to, to post any of those. And I got all that free engagement off of just solely posting those. So mm. yeah, I mean, it definitely, it, it did a lot for me. So you, you started recording music in like 2017 and then you started yeah. constantly like posting TikToks and like, when does when does management come into play? Like, when did you decide All right, I might need a manager? Or did they well, when it, the TikTok, I was late to that, bro, because you know that you do have that wave of like underground artists blowing up like 2020, 2021. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't do that till like the year after 2022, because I I remember when all those artists were blowing up. The first way I looked at it, I was like, this is corny, like you know what I mean. But then you know you kind of realize like. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just had like a realization. I was like, all right, because I, I had tried to post TikToks before and they didn't do anything. So I was like, damn, like people not with my shit or, you know, this and that. And then that's when I, you know, a year later, I give it another try. I'm like, all right, let me just try it out. Um, but actually, so I actually got management uh, right before. So I, I first linked my manager in, I think it was like May 2022. And then I had, there was this one song, I had posted a snippet on Instagram, um, went up a little bit. I had dropped that like a month after I, I you know, first signed with my manager for like under a management deal. Cause I, I never had a manager before, you know, I was just doing everything solo for like, you know, since I started. And then, um, so, you know, obviously getting that manager helped a lot because he was just doing everything on the business side. Like it was kind of perfect timing because he started managing me shit started going up that's when labels start reaching out and as soon as labels start reaching out you know i had him doing all the talking and doing all the business side of shit because i i mean as an artist bro like i was super new to all that i didn't know about business the business side of things all i knew was talking to a mic and and you know make music mm -hmm. so I, I didn't know anything about you know cause a, lot, a lot of artists get screwed bro they sign a deal and they get screwed because they don't know shit. they see a, a dollar sign and sign you know what i mean so, um, yeah, no, nah, it was kind of just perfect timing getting that manager. When you get management, though, like from your perspective, what do they bring into the table that you didn't really have before that? Um, I think just an extra hand, bro. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously a manager, uh, it's their job. You know, if you have a good manager, it's their job to push you, you know, the most they can because they're making money off you. So at the end of the day, they want you to make money because that's where they're getting their money. So. I think, yeah, if you have a dedicated manager, bro, like it's it's just really, um, it's like an extra hand in everything. And they're, they're obviously on top of helping you, doing all this talking for you and doing all the business side of things, um, you know, they're pushing you. Mm. Like I, I have two managers. So I have uh, my main manager who does like a lot more of the business. And then I have my day-to-day -day, who's a uh, Sean, he's out there. Okay. So yeah, he he's, um, my main manager is in Canada. So he can't be with me all the time. So, you know, I got Sean, which... Sean, I've actually known for like five years. So, you know, I've, I've been close with him damn near since I started. So, um, yeah, you know, he, he just helps me out with everything on like a day-to-day -day basis type. So, yeah, no, I and, think it's just, it's definitely helpful. And they rep uh, McConan as well? 
Uh, yeah, my main manager does McConan. Okay. I think he's done McConan for a while, longer than, you know, I've been with him. Oh, interesting. Uh, so my favorite song that you got out right now is Wait. Wake up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. What was the process of recording that? Where did, when did you record that song? Uh, like, it was like October 2022. It's funny, bro. That song was a throwaway. Like, I recorded the, um, I was at the studio, and I had just locked in with Benny X like a week prior to this. And so he sent me a bunch of beats. You know, he had sent me like probably 20, 20 to 30 different beats. And so, like, that whole next week, I was just getting in the studio, you know, getting on, like, a couple of the beats here and there. And then um, he sent me that one that was with Filthy and then uh, his little brother. And so I was like, this one is hard. Like, I want to get on this, but I didn't, I didn't have no clue, like, what to do on it. You know, I, I didn't have any type of idea for it or anything. So I was like, all right, I'll just, you know, I'll wait till I get in the studio and I'll just try some on it. Um, so I got in the studio and I... Um, pulled the beat up, I had my engineer pull the beat up, and I was just like around on it. And that like hook that's on that song was just a like a throwaway, just demo hook. Like I was just trying to, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I was like, I'm not even really saying shit in that song. I was really just trying to find a flow and just find something that worked on that beat. Cause, cause that beat was hard for me to get on. Like I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know what to do on it at first. Um, so I ended up recording that hook and then I, you know, I came back in the room and I was like, all right, like, just save that, you know? And so that song was just a hook. And I, um, I did a TikTok, like, where I just used this. I sped it up a little bit, like, just through, like, a, this little app I use where you can speed songs up. Yeah. And I posted it on TikTok. And the shit ended up just going crazy, bro. Like, blew up crazy first day. And the first day it blew up, um, I was like, damn, okay, like, we got to... We got to do something with this. But there ended up being like a whole problem with the song where like somebody else had gotten on that same beat and they were supposed to drop it and they didn't know if they was going to drop it. So I ended up having to wait like seven months until I could get that song cleared. Wait, so the sped up version was the one that popped off? Yeah, it was like sped up a little bit. Is that kind of insulting since there's so many times that this happens in the culture now where like yeah. the sped up version of a song ends up being Bro, the viral like, one? The crazy thing, too, so I went back to that song, like, six times before I actually fully finished it. Like, there's six different versions of that song with, like, five different verses. You know what I mean? Like, mm. before I actually finalized it. Like, uh, the original version that actually blew up. Um, so when I had sent it to Benny X, the hook, he sent it back to me, and he did, like, like a demo where he put vocals in the background. So it was, it was the song, and it had Benny X's vocals in the background, like, doing this, like, melodic vocal and he was like, yo, like do this melodic, th this melodic vocal in the background. So I hadn't had time to go to the studio, you know, after he sent me that. So I ended up just posting the, the video on TikTok and it had his vocals in the background. And nobody even knows that, that it's his vocals in the background. But yeah, I mean, the song was like kind of sped up, but that ended up blowing up. And then when I dropped the actual song, people were like, oh, we want the OG version. I'm like, bro, it's dead ass. I didn't change nothing with the hook besides it being sped up. Yeah. And people are like, oh, sped up's better. I'm like, bro, what? Like, it's it's literally, it's the same shit. Like, you know what I mean? So when you were, like, doing your whole thing musically, did you go out of your way to sort of tap in with the the underground or, like, the new SoundCloud generation with, like, opening up for people like Ottoman shit? Or, or yeah, that was so, the stuff you were listening to at that time? Hold on, before we get to yeah, that, yeah. because Diddy Bop, he did his thing with yeah. the Wake Up song. That shit came out of nowhere, too. So I did, like, he ended up doing that. 
that shit ended up blowing up. And then as soon as that shit blew up, bro, my label was on that shit. On they were like, right after. They were like, yo, like, like we need this kid to keep doing this because whatever he doing, he doing it right. And I didn't even know like that shit was going on when it first happened because I was kind of, yeah, I wasn't on my phone as much at this time. Like yeah. I was, you know, we were trying to plan a tour and shit. And way after it came out too. Yeah, bro. Like that song, it, it happened. What probably like six, seven months after the song. I've been came like out. during the summer. Yeah, I remember when we were at Rolling Loud. They kept trying to make you do the dance and shit. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, bro. So like this was way down the line after the song dropped, and you know that shit kind of came out of nowhere. But as soon as he did that shit and it blew up, my label was just on it. They were like, "Yo, keep doing it, keep doing it." Yeah. And um, yeah, bro. That shit just became what it is. So. What's your friendship with Diddy Bob now since? Um, I don't really talk to him. I mean, I've, I've tapped in with him, and, you know, told him I fuck with him and shit, and like, we follow each other, but I, I've never, like, spoken to him like that, like, had a convo with bro. But shit, I fuck with bro. He's cool. So open up for Autumn and shit? Like, was that, that was already the, the scene that you were yeah, feeling so at that time? Yeah, so I met, like, Autumn shit back in, um, when did I meet, bro? I think, like, 2018, 20, uh, 2019 is when I, not met him in person, but, like, over the internet. I found, like, that whole scene. And he had, like, 10,000 followers at this time. And, um, you know, I started making, like, the plug and be shit and, like, that whole realm of music. Who who got you interested in that? Because we were just talking a little bit about that. It was Summers and Autumn that were, like, the first ones doing that shit for it. And Corey Lingo, too. They use that genre as well, though? Like, they describe their shit as that? As plug and be, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And Corey Lingo. Corey Lingo. We just interviewed Lil Sean, too, and we in, yeah. the, in the interview. He gives credit to uh, Corey, Corey, Corey was really one of the first to you know to do that. He shit. He was doing real ass like R and B vocals on it though, like Corey singing like going, Chris yeah. Brown on like plug beats. Yeah, Corey was on those, like those beats for a minute, yeah. bro. Um, so it was like, man, it was like him, Summers, Autumn, Texaco. Who else, bro? I mean, Cedo was on plug beats at this time, not plug and B, but I mean, kinda. It was like it, it was like a whole Zan Gang with yeah, it's like, like Zan Gang, yeah, Mexico he, Dro. Yeah, well, really cool. just really Zan Gang. Like yeah. he was the one that that's like, that's the plug and B shit. Zan yeah, Gang was doing was, the plug and B shit. Yeah, like Corey Dro, started Dro that shit. and them were like more just the the bass plug, like old Cardi plug like type the trap shit. shit. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I you know I found that music back in like 2018, and then I started tapping in with them like closer to 2019 and we were just in a bunch of group chats and shit like even shine bro like me and shine were talking when he was like a jit bro he was like <laughs> 12 13 years old um but yeah bro like at this time there were just this this wave of group chats like that was the thing at, at the time it was just group chats so like everybody had these little collectives with their group chats on instagram so even like artists like wyland and shit even yeet bro like I've known Yeet since, like, 2019, just through group chats. Really? Yeah, like, shit goes way back, because he was in the same group, you know, just kicking it with the same folks. So. Summer's autumn. Yeah. So when really. people say that they feel like you sound like Yeet, is that just them not seeing the influences that you both have from the same scene? I, I don't know. I just think that shit's funny, bro. I don't know. I think like, it's the white rapper thing, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's either that or it's just, I, I feel like if somebody says that, they just haven't listened to enough of, like, like that type of music because mm. it's like they hear yeet because obviously yeet is the most mainstream aspect that's came up from like you know came up from the underground and then they're like you know any rapper that that's rapping on a, a beat remotely similar or anything they're like oh that sounds like yeet you know what i mean because mm. i mean it's like it's all derived from the same flow and the same you know everybody's got the same influences like we're all influenced by thug we're all influenced by future you know and everybody you know obviously we did our own thing with it in that little like niche 
that little niche pocket of things, but you know, everybody's influenced by the same people. So it comes from the same shit. <clears throat> That's like if you're like a drill rapper in Chicago coming up around like soon after Chief Keith blew up. It's like everybody who doesn't really pay super close attention to the genre is going to tell you that you're trying to sound like Chief Keith, Even though yeah, to you, uh, it's kind of like this is a sound that this area has been cooking up and this is just a natural evolution of it. Yeah. You know? It's a whole bunch of subgenres to that shit too. Yeah. Yeah, even with the underground shit, like I don't even, bro. They got a million sub subgenres yeah. nowadays. Like I don't, I don't listen to underground shit anymore, really. But like, should I be seeing new subgenres come up on TikTok like every day? Right. Somebody's making something new or some like new shit. But it's all, it all comes from the same place, you know. It's weird because the era that people call like SoundCloud rap for a while there, like we we all called it like cloud rap, even though a lot of it didn't really sound that cloudy. And but like, and then when I look back on it, I'm like people really refer to Young Lean as having like pioneered that genre, but yeah. there was a shitload of SoundCloud rappers that we kind of put into that box as well. And then the mainstream narrative became, oh, this is SoundCloud rap. Yeah, and like, like mumble rap and all that. Mumble rap. People just say that all the yeah, fucking when, time when back in the day. Mean, bro? I was always doing interviews and having to defend mumble rap. But meanwhile, being like, what the fuck? Like, I That's know a lot at, of rappers. That time, like, that shit was so new to people. people exactly, were like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, Mumble rap, yeah, because that's the era He's not of like lyrically. Yachty yeah. and Uzi, like Uzi refusing to freestyle, Yachty saying that he didn't fuck with Tupac and all that kind of shit, like yeah, Lil Xan right. saying he didn't fuck with Tupac. That was such an era of like old heads going to war with the young yeah. generation, you know? Yeah, and like I said, it's even kind of the same now, except the old heads are just like the next generation. You know what I mean? Like all yeah. the people who are used to listening to mainstream, mm -hmm. yeah. they hear all this underground It'll shit. It'll always and like, be like that. It's like this shit is trash. You know what I mean? It's the first reaction of defense. Yeah. <laughs> That's real. It, so what's your relationship with like Yeet now? Cause y'all, um, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but like I, so obviously I knew him just from group chats and shit back in like 2019, early 2020, and then um when I had turned 18 in uh in August 2020, I um you know because before I was 18, bro, my mom never used to let me travel by myself or anything. So as soon as I turned 18, like literally the week after my birthday, I took a flight out to LA. Uh, just to link like all my internet homies out here. Mm -hmm. We had like a little B and B in Orange County, and um, that's when I first met Yeet. Like we went, he was living in Long Beach at the time. We went, scooped him, and we were just kicking it at the B and B, just you know talking music shit. We were just bro, we were just a bunch of like homies at this time. You know, everybody was just cool and kicking it. Like I remember that's the first time I met Bristow too. Yeah, that same week we hung out. Yeah. How much of an impact do you feel like you've had on his sound? Like how essential is this? union that you guys got going on i feel like even though we don't have like hella songs together but i'm really like i give him a lot Bro, of like this dude be in a studio direction every, and every like time. taste taste shit not to sound like i'm a fucking a and r where the, i just sit back the, and roll, that's the what omo I'm, cover was like yeah his his idea yeah yeah like a lot of the i don't know i guess like a lot of the the creative direction even though that's like a terrible umbrella of <laughs> anything can mean a creative director but like I do, yeah, I do give him a lot of creative direction shit, and, like, he trusts my input on a lot of stuff. <clears throat> Cause Especially Brit, when, like, Brit, making track hit. lists and stuff yeah. like that. Like, yeah. I was, yeah. Bristow's hit, bro. He, he, like, this dude listens to a million different genres of music. Like, he's tapped into everything. So, you know, if I'm asking, when it comes to, like, something creatively... I'm always gonna go to Bristow and ask for his opinion on something because I just know even he, his merch, knows, like some of his yeah. merch, I I like came up with the designs and ideas for. But yeah, yeah. I don't just sit back and take all the credit for it, but like. Nah, yeah. It's just like we're like a big friend group, and everybody just gives input. Like I love having input from a hundred different angles, you know. So it's like, um, 
Yeah, you know, I'll go and ask around. But this dude is like the first person I go to anytime. Mm. So, yeah, he definitely, you know, has a big impact on a lot of this shit. It's crazy to see, like, like the people in the group chats that you was in back in the day because you got people like, so Fago, he was in there. Yeah, even, bro, Fago, like, I was in Fago's, not his first collective, but his second, or actually, shit, no, nah, it was his first collective. He had a first collective, it was called Runner World. And this was like, he used to go by, Trill, uh, I think it was like Trillanese, Trillanese, something like that. And he had just changed his name to Sofago. And um, he had started this collective called Runner World. And I remember I posted this one snippet on my Instagram and um, all his like all his fans were commenting on it. They were like, yo, you should get Fago on this. You should get Fago on this. And I didn't know who he was at the time because, like I said, he was he was super small. He had like 2000 followers at this time. And so, like, I, I looked, you know, because they were all tagging him. And I looked at his page and I was like, bro, this dude is hard as fuck. Like, his music is crazy. Why doesn't you know what I mean? I was like shocked that he didn't have a bigger audience because this is when he was making all his old shit. Like, this shit was, sounded crazy. It sounded so different from anything that was being made at that time too. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna lock in with bro. So like I hit him up and um, I ended up sending him that open and we got that song in. And then he like, he hits me up like a day after we do that song. And he's like, yo bro, you want to be in like my collective? I'm doing this little collective with a bunch of artists. Like we all just making music with each other type shit. So I was like, yeah, yeah. So like he added me to this group chat and I was in that collective, um, you know, and there was like Bryce was in there, which is like his main producer. Um, to this day. Yeah, to this day, Bryce is still his producer. And I'm still like, you know, me and Bryce still be talking here and there. Um, but yeah, yeah, Bryce is in there. Shit, Wolfface Joey. Yeah, He's going Slump, crazy right Slump now. Six, like, Slump yeah, Six. Yeah, is, yeah. Like, just hella like random people where you wouldn't even expect, you know what I mean? It, which is like, it's crazy because you look back at shit like that and you're like, damn, bro, like, nah, this really used to be a little shit. community and not everybody's, you know, doing their own thing and everybody's got their own path. But it's cool to see like, that everybody came up, you know what I mean? Like everybody that I was around came up, so it's like, it, it's really, um, it's like wholesome to see. Why you and Fago fall up? Um, shit, bro. Honestly, I don't even know. It was about some dumb shit, cause I was like, I was like 16, 17 years old, and then he was young too, and I think we just got into this big like argument in the group chat, and I don't even know like what it was about. Yeah. I, I I was dating this girl like in high school, and I had added her to the group chat. And then me and her broke up. I only dated her for like a month. But me and her broke up. And then she goes in the group chat, like, talking crazy shit. You like girls in your group chats? No, no, no. Like, I've never. So that, that's the thing. Oh, okay. No, no, hell no. Because that could get, like, yeah. they're already complicated enough. Yeah. You start yeah, putting yeah. girls in there. Holy nah, shit. so th this girl was from my city. And I, like, you know, okay. I, I knew this girl. Like and a real homegirl. She, right. she was, like, she used to listen to all the same music, you know, which was, like, rare at this time because nobody was listening to that shit. And, um. So, like, I added her in the group chat. I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'll introduce you to all these dudes that you listen to. I added her in the group chat, and then me and her broke up. And then she goes in the group chat, like, saying, like, oh, like, he broke up with me. Like, he, he fucking, he hates me. Like, he's not shit. And you know what I mean? And I come in there, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know? <laughs> and there's a bunch of, like, Captain Save-A-Ho-ass dudes in there. So oh, they're saying oh, shit. I'm like, really? He's trying to riz up your old... Nah, nah, not nah, not nah, Fago, but there was yeah. a bunch of like other dudes in there that are on some Captain Save a Ho shit. Cause it's, it's a bunch of young kids in there. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like a an attractive girl comes in there, like, you know, saying this and that. Yeah, obviously all the young men are gonna go in there and turn like, on each other like, right yeah, away. Fuck him. <laughs> so it's like it's like, yeah, bro, you know. And I don't even know like really what happened between me and Fago. That's the thing. It was really nothing. So like 
you know, obviously years went by and, and me and him were good. Like I just seen him, uh, we did uh, Cole's tenure for Lyrical mm. and we were just in the green room chopping it up for a minute. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> just some kid shit, bro. You know, I fell out with all those dudes and, and we're all cool and now. So it's like, was all over. yeah, yeah. Even the producers, bro. Like I fell out with them and, and nowadays, you know, I be getting on their beats and, and we be chopping it up. You when know? you're you're that young and people start getting money and having egos and all bro, this kind of shit yeah. at the same time, it's just like so inevitable because yeah. dudes don't really have like the social skills to know how to navigate that shit until yeah, bro, like, they get a bit older, I think. E even me, when shit started happening for me, like I wasn't necessarily young. I was like 19, but bro shit just happens so fast a lot of people don't understand when like shit happens with with this music shit like when you get introduced to the industry shit that shit happens so fast bro mm. and sometimes like i mean you see a lot of these kids crash out because it's too much for them like shit happens so fucking fast and they don't know how to handle it or how to process it bro and they get hooked on drugs or they get you know they they doing shit that they shouldn't be doing and they crash out about it mm. it's just it's so much for them, and they're not used to it. A lot of these kids come from places where, you know, they come out to L.A., and it's fucking insane to them. They're they like, have access to so much more drugs. It's like a whole, it's like a whole new world out here, bro, for a yeah. kid that's coming from, like, you know, somewhere, like, like a random spot like Louisiana coming out here. They're like, what the fuck? Like, this is crazy. Y'all live like this? You Did know you get I mean? caught up in that when you moved to L.A., like partying too much and shit? Um, nah, I mean... Nah, not really nah cause I, I was always coming to LA like growing up mm -hmm. like and especially when I turned 18 I was coming out here a lot so, we kept like, a I, good circle too like, yeah, yeah yeah I've always had like a good circle of people with me um but I mean we were you know I was partying when I was younger but like when shit started going up um and I was coming out here it was, I was really just focused on like staying staying on my shit and you know locking in cause I already you know I had seen a bunch of kids that that I was cool with come out here and crash out so it's like I see in them, I'm like, shit, I don't want to be like him. He's broke now. He can't he can't do anything for himself. I knew girls who, like, moved out here, and then, like, six months later, they had to go home and go to rehab. Yeah. Like, yeah, that bro. fast. Because they're, like, chicks who would, like, do coke and shit, but then all of a sudden they're in the club, and they got rich guys, like, giving them coke, and it was just Man, over. those clubs are treacherous, it's a slippery bro. slope. I hate the club. Definitely. <laughs> Especially the ones here, bro. Oh my god! I'm so out of touch with that world, but for sure it breeds some of the worst yeah. shit on oh, earth. Breeds... Yeah, yeah. I mean, like when when some demons. Yeah, when I was coming out here like late 2020, like I was kind of going in the club here and there because there were like a lot of events with like the people I was tapped in with, or like even some of the label people. They'd be like, "Yo, come to this event with me," because obviously they're they, you mm -hmm. know they're trying to bring you around and shit. Um, they'd be like, "Yo, come to this event with me." So you know, I was going to all this shit. Man, I just got that shit just gets burnt out so fast, bro. Like I'm. I'd rather be at the crib or be in the studio, like working. Oh, mm. uh, what was the process of recording the Jensen song? Shit, I was just at home in my room, like. So that was before you was even like yeah. going out to the studios and shit. Yeah, yeah, that was when I was still like at home. Just I think that's the first song I seen. Yeah. When, when you did that, like, what year was this? Uh, it's twenty twenty two. A lot of a lot of those songs that you know I have out now are all from 2022. That all just started. I, yeah, I haven't really like dropped anything new. Like I'm since we finished touring shit, I'm just now getting back into like dropping shit. So, but yeah, yeah, I just recorded that like in my room with my little setup, just engineering myself. I just use FL Studio. You're um, a Young Lean fan from back in the day. Oh yeah, hell yeah, bro. Lean, like I said, because Lean was part of that whole like. Not, not, he wasn't part of the 2016 group, main group that came up, but like if you knew about the shit, you knew Lean because mm -hmm. Lean influenced all those dudes. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, yeah, yeah, nah. 
Hell yeah. You see the Young Lean BLP kosher video? But that song is hard. I just heard that. that song is hard, bro. That yeah. was wild. It's just like it's so random to see like what cool, what though. shit like, yeah. he actually like does. Like that. He, he doesn't do features like that. He so doesn't like, do that much. So yeah. when he does, it's just like oh, oh shit. Yeah, like and especially with like a rapper, like because yeah, he's yeah. so in his own world yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. No, that shit is hard. I just heard that shit the other day. Yeah. How was touring shit? You just got off tour, right? Yeah. Uh, shit, insane. Like. You know, being able to go all those places um, and fucking see, like, different fans from every fucking city and all these different, you know, in this country and then different countries and fucking Europe. You know, that shit was crazy, bro. I had a blast. It's it's um, it's um, very draining, definitely, because, you know, you don't get a lot of sleep. You got to stay on top of shit. Excuse me. Um, But, yeah, it's... uh. It's a blast at the end of the day. But you know? were you like taking care of yourself or are you just going for it and barely <laughs> That's sleeping? That's bro. And like <laughs> at, when we were about to start tour, I was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to take care of myself. Like I told him, I was like, bro, like no fast food, no fast food. <laughs> we got to, you know, we taking energy shots, like little, little immunity shots. I was like, we taking these every day. Bro, I get on tour and we're eating at Dunkin' Donuts every morning in fucking gas stations. Because it's like, we, what we else drove. Do, so yeah. It, yeah, There's so. not a Whole Foods in every fucking city. Not, it's, yeah. You got to go way out of your way. And the problem is, is that when the show's done and it's like 10 p.m. Bro, it's like 10, 11 p.m. Nothing's open. Yeah. But, all that's open Oh, is yeah, but food. then also like all the chicks that are kicking it backstage with you and shit, to them, this is the only time you're going to be in town. So they want to hang out till 4 yeah. in the morning. And yeah. to you, it's like... If you want to do the thing to take care of your fucking mind and your body, it's like you should go back to the hotel and just go to sleep or whatever. But, but who it's wants so, to go back to the hotel? It's so hard, got, and especially you when 10, you haven't really yeah. like toured that much and shit. So this is so, still all new to you. Yeah. By the time you're thirty, maybe you could like opt out. But it's it's tough to make those decisions when you're young. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I tried to you know stay on my shit during tour, but like I said, for the U.S. part, we drove. We had just like a big Sprinter van. So we drove completely across the country. And it's like, yeah, you know, we're driving at late at night. There ain't shit open besides a gas station. And all, you know, the driver's just stopping at gas stations to get gas. So all I'm eating is fucking chips and what just drinking mad water but yeah no yeah. air ones in the midwest no air ones in the midwest yeah. you only drink water you don't drink energy drinks um <laughs> i mean there was like a little point in time actually recently just from tour i was drinking a lot of energy drinks but that shit gave me like super bad anxiety bro really? like it yeah i can't that shit like fucks with my brain when you go to a gas station you need an energy drink what what which one are you drawn to just a red bull Actually, okay. I like the I like the Celsius ones. Yeah, me too. Those ones are good. The Celsius ones, and then they got those G Fuel ones too. Those ones are pretty good. But I feel like those don't give me a lot of energy though. Like usually it would just be Red Bull or Celsius. And then bro. you have Gamer Aura wherever you go. Like people just see that. And yeah, they, they bro, feel like got, you might I be like fucking, Ninja or something. It's a rug on my cup. It's, <laughs> it's a different type of swag yeah. though. People know it's like you know what I mean. Bro, they said they're going to see Danny Mullen tonight. Oh really? I fuck with Danny, bro. Danny, yeah, that's the homie. What are you guys doing with him? Oh, you can see him do he, comedy? He doing like, yeah, he's doing oh, like some comedy shit tonight. Man, he keeps telling that me to go. That guy is insane, bro. Yeah. He's like, facing felony charges for, uh, for the Tennessee shit. Yeah, but what, what did he do? He was like impersonating oh, a doctor. Yes. <laughs> and out here, it's like impossible. It's so hard to get arrested out here unless you like shoot somebody or like yeah. sell crack in front of the cops or whatever. Man, but police out just there, got so much shit going on out here. They don't got shit going on. They're like, you impersonated a doctor? We're throwing the fucking book at you, bro. Sorry. Where where did he do that at? In Tennessee, Where's it? Tennessee, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah he just went out there and shit going on out there. 
He's just thinking he's funny. They probably got like, his ass on the news in Tennessee for that oh, shit. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. for sure. They ain't playing. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so crazy. What's your uh, current thoughts on, like, the underground rap scene right now? Um, Shit, man. I don't know. Like I said, I, I really haven't listened to underground shit, like, in a while. I really just got back into, like, mainstream shit, and, I you know, I stay on that. Um, I don't know. Thing, I see, yeah, I see people coming up. They're doing their thing. Uh, Osama son hard. I fuck with him. Yeah, I heard a couple of his his songs. I hit him up. Um, you know, I told him I fuck with him because yeah, yeah, I fuck with his shit. Um, I don't know. I feel like I should pay more attention to a lot of that shit, but it's just like right now, at the point I'm at, I'm really just trying to lock back in and focus on myself and like on my shit right now. Because you know, like tour ended, I really want to get back into locking back in and getting back on top of my shit. So, yeah, I've just been super focused on that, bro, and just listening to, you know, all the shit, you know, all the mainstream shit, because I'm, I'm trying like, to make more mainstream shit. Really? So you take more influence from the, oh, yeah. the actual goats of the genre at this uh, point? 100%, bro, yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to take my whole sound and, and make it mainstream. Like, I'm not trying to be, you know, tied into underground so shit under anymore. Do you consider yourself an underground rapper? I mean, yeah, point. yeah, you know, I, I came from the underground, so yeah, 100%. But, um, you know, I, I want to go on to bigger things. Like, I don't want to be boxed in and, and get stuck in that, you know, in, in that realm of shit. Because, I mean, it's it's cool, you know what I mean? Like, I could sit here and, like, keep making underground music and be financially stable for the rest of my life, you know, and be chilling where I'm at. But it's like, bro, I want more than that. Not even, like, talking money. Like, I just, I just want more opportunity. I want to go and work with... I want to go and work with Pharrell one day. I want to go and work with all these people. You know what I mean? So it's like you can't do that shit if you're just stuck in one realm and you're not, you know, you're not moving around. Like I'm constantly moving around, bro. I'm constantly traveling, um, you know, constantly like linking up with people. I mean, I really, bro, we be doing the most random shit, me and him both. Like we'll end up in the studio with a random ass person. I'll be like, what the fuck? Today's already random. We're going shooting after this fucking <laughs> yeah. studio later. Like, yeah, we, we be moving around, bro. I just, I feel like. When I'm stuck at home, like, I'm not being productive, and I need to constantly stay productive. But if if you made a song that sounded like a straight-up, like, pop attempt, th yeah. don't you feel like you might be, like, alienating a lot of your fans? Like, are you trying to kind yeah. of toe the line so, between those two so, things? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you got to, like, so if you're transitioning in, you know, you obviously you're going as an underground artist, going into the mainstream. I mean, look at, like, Yeet's a great example, bro. Like, Yeet does a lot more of the mainstream shit now. He has a mainstream appeal. Like, you know, everybody loves Yeet's music. Um, if we didn't already know, that Drake song really proved it, too. Yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> but he did that slowly. You, you know, he didn't mm -hmm. go straight from making songs that sounded like For Life to songs that sounded like the snippets he's putting out now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he slowly kind of kept that sound but manipulated it into newer and newer things and then got to where he's at now. So, you know, that fan base stayed every step of the way because he slowly just got everybody accustomed to that. Do you, is there, like, what's the biggest plug and B song from your perspective? Or, like, it hasn't really been that, like, what's smash the, hit out yeah. of that genre that realistically no, that will, like, lift like, everybody up. I, I mean, like there's really yeah. just, like, influential songs like Pack Runner Bitch by like Summers yeah like, yeah like mm, all you know there's like a that. lot of like summer songs and autumn songs like Nina for example was, yeah Nina's I Nina guess was, was like one of the ones that got super super big but it's like you're not hearing that on the radio you know what I mm. mean I feel like Whereas the thing like, is with the underground too is like it's so toxic because oh yeah, you're con it's just constant comparisons constant like 
oh, he's washed now. Oh, yeah. he wants to be like this. Oh, he's... You know what I mean? Like, At end of the day, they don't let that, you just yeah. make music anymore. It's always like, oh, it, you sound like political, bro. You sound like a mix of Travis Scott, Playboy Cardi, and fucking <laughs> Mac DeMarco. Like, what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, bro. Like, bro, what? Yeah. For the most part, you had a beef <laughs> in the underground. You don't really. Man, I don't give a fuck. I I make money. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah that's why you just gotta stick to yourself, bro. Like, yeah, bro. I I have like a whole like life, you know. So I see that shit. As, I see like that beef shit is like you're too into the internet, bro. Like. What do you see? What do you think about shit like when you see Summers and Homicide Gang getting into actual real beef at yeah. like Box Fest and shit like that's that? That's their own shit. That, that's <laughs> their own shit. Yeah, I can't. I can't say anything about it just because that's not. It's not my. Not my business. But you know that's that's kind of funny though because it's like in the underground you kind of have like the more nerdy side of it and then you have like the dudes who are basically street dudes. They just make music that kind of fits yeah. more into the underground. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that yeah. creates a weird dynamic. I don't know. Everybody's got their own thing going on. I just like I said, I really just focus on my shit. End of the day, I don't be, you know, I got, and even outside of the music, like I have a whole personal life, you know? Mm. So, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to buy a house right now. I'm trying to do a lot of, a lot of shit that a lot of other people wouldn't be doing. So, you know? Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, a lot of that beef shit is like very yeah. tempting to people. It doesn't really like affect your yeah. career in a good way. It's like, I don't, I don't give a fuck about somebody saying, fuck me on Twitter, yeah. man. I'm buying a crib. What it like? I feel it. You sitting in bed at your mama crib. <laughs> what are you doing? So yeah, bro. I don't, I don't give a fuck. What's Travis Scott's influence on you? Because I know you, you're trying to, you said that you want to yeah, like, yeah. transcend to the Man, next I, level. I love Travis, bro. Like, his music has been, you know, I've been listening to his shit, shit since I was eighth, eighth grade. I remember I found Travis Scott when he dropped uh, A-Team. That was like super old song. What what was that? Did he drop that after Owl Farrell? Was that no, that was singles? after, that was like, I think it was in between like Rodeo and Birds, or if maybe it was after Birds, I don't know, but... I think it came out like 2017, so yeah, yeah, around that era, like the Birds era. Yeah, yeah. I remember I used to party with this one chick that would just listen to, uh, what was it, before Rodeo or beyond Rodeo or some before shit? The ro- before, before the Rodeo. Ro- yeah, yeah. Days before the Rodeo. Days oh, days before before the rodeo. Uh, and I never thought that, like, oh, this guy's going to be the biggest Man, fucking what? rapper. I actually thought that she was kind of tripping for thinking it was so good, but Damn. here we are. I, I love rodeo that project, bro. Yeah. That project yeah. is Man, crazy, yeah. Why did I say Rodeo? Yeah, Mama Cita, Jersey yeah. should try all that. Man, he just said he, he had so many gems back then, too, like, Man, I used to be so on top of Travis's shit. Did you think Travis? Even to this day, I'm like on top of his shit. Like I, I love Travis's music, bro. Yeah, but back then, did you see him getting to the level he, he's at right now? Um, yeah, I just feel like he always had that that sound, bro. Yeah. And uh, you know, his sound back then was same thing. It was so different. So you know, he just uh, he just had like that mainstream appeal. And it's like if you have that mainstream appeal, you're gonna get big, you know. Also, if Kanye's pushing it, you know it's going to be fire. Like, Kanye Kanye has that golden touch mm. with every artist he, he keeps around, I feel like. Marry a Kardashian you, at some point. Yeah. That helps. Oh, yeah, that definitely <laughs> helps. Definitely doesn't hurt. You did a song with uh, Destroy Lonely? Yeah, yeah. So how, I, how did that come about? I had hit Lone Up. Um, this was, like, right when he got signed to Opium. This was, like, I think 20, or this was early 2022, actually. Yeah. It was 2021. Was it 2021? Yeah. Yeah, it's 2021. Summer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was in New York. Um, Yeah. Uh, I had hit him up because this is when I had, like, just found his music. And he, I really fucked with bro at the time. Like, I, you know, finding, finding a new artist like that is always, like, that's the best thing, bro, when you find a new artist like that. Um, 
But yeah, so I hit him up and I was like, yo, like, I just bought a feature out, bro. I think I paid like 400 bucks for a feature. I was like, yo, get on this song, like, throw you 400. And so he got on it and we made that song and I dropped it on this little project I had put out in like 2021. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was 2020. Fuck, I can't talk right now. It was 2021 because that was that. I had dropped a project called like, um, what was it called? Like Planet Planet Pink. Planet Pink. Yeah. yeah. So I had dropped that, and I had that song with there. Uh, with goddamn, I had had that song with him on there, and um, like I had that that project out for like two months, and I didn't really I don't really have any traction at this time. So yeah. like you know, shit had like ten thousand plays, and um, I was like, yo, fuck. Fuck this song. Like, I don't like my verse on there. I'm going to delete it. I'm going to go back to it later. And then I'm going to hold on to it. So I ended up, like, private in that tape. And then um, back, like, summer of 2022, I went back to the song, redid my verse on there, uh, held on to it. Because at this time, Penthouse Shorty started going up. So I was like, all right, well, now I got this song with Lone. Loan's obviously way, way bigger now, you know, and Loan's doing a lot more now. I'm going to hold on to this, and I'm going to put this out, you know, I'm going to put it out, like, soon. So I didn't even put it out, like, you know, on all platforms type shit. I just— You had, like, a hosting page. Yeah, like, you know, a lot of the the dudes that I was fucking with had, like, hosting pages on SoundCloud. So I would just send them songs all the time. And, you know, they were doing all, like, Loan shit, too. Like, they did everybody's shit. They did Loan. They would post a bunch of Cedo exclusives. Like, yeah. So I, um, you know, I would just send them songs all the time. And I was like, yo, here, like, drop this one. And, and I think one of them dropped it. And, yeah, shit did really good. And that's kind of just how that came to be. So, yeah. But I never put that shit out, like, officially type shit. Yeah. Mm. You got, so you and Lone, y'all, you want to work with him in the future or? Yeah, 100%, bro. I fuck with Lone Heavy. Yeah. I'll like, I've always fucked with his music ever since I discovered him. But. Yeah, 100%. I would do shit with him. You feel like Autumn gets the credit he deserves? Autumn? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You feel like people... Autumn, Autumn's doing his thing? Yeah. I feel like that's that's definitely a regret I have is that I should have been on them in, like, 2018, 2019. Like, when they first started coming out, I had kind of, like, lost track of what was going on in the underground. I should have been pushing hard for that, those types of interviews, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was really small at that time. You know, you know what fucking, like, <laughs> ignited that shit? Like kind of brought the underground a little bit was the the Gabby. I was shit. gonna That's say exactly that was, what I was, that was the yeah, first yeah. thing I saw you guys cover about like summers or anybody yeah. from that. Yeah, that, shit that was, was like, really <laughs> the thing that like that brought light to the underground, bro. It did. Also, that, Twisty that P. Brought, yeah, oh, yo, Twisty you gotta tell our Twisty P story. <laughs> it's Twisty, always Twisty, the fuck so shit. Everyone has a Twisty before, P story. Before Twisty P was on Yeet, bro. Mm. There's a video of him crashing videos, a car to videos. an old song of mine. Really? Like With the lit- same alien yeah, filter. Two, two videos, bro. <laughs> That's legendary. So he has the Yoda filter. You, you've never seen that video of him crashing a car with the Yoda filter? Oh, I think I do remember I've that. but that. Yeah. that was my that song was I playing song. in that video. Yeah. I remember when that shit happened, somebody DM me, and they're like, bro, Twisty P just fucking crashed a car to your video. And I'm like, who the hell is Twisty P? He had like, just gotten the Twiz face tag. I was like, who yeah. the hell is that, bro? Like, what are you talking about? He's like and the Crip Mac of the underground. Dude, they sent me the video, and... He like literally wrecks a car. He's got he's got my song guy. playing in the background. So I I post that shit. I'm like, yo, this dude is tweaked out. Like this dude's funny as fuck. And um, he I think he hit me up. Yeah, he hit me up, and he yeah, was like, bro. yo, bro, like I was shooting a music video in Arizona, and he was like, yo, bro, I want to be in your music video, and I was like, fuck it, bro, pull up. So he drove from San Diego. 
Let me tell you the story. Actually, this is an insane. You didn't, you didn't make it smoothly. To oh my god! Right here. Oh my god! We all pulled up to Arizona for that weekend, Fuck dude. No, no, no. So, do you remember what happened on his way out there? Yeah. So it took like two cars to get there. It's fucked, bro. So I used to kick it with uh, this one dude who um, was was pretty big on like TikTok. He just did like a lot of TikTok shit. And I'm actually I'm still cool with him to this day. I don't talk to him as much anymore, but we're still close. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I was kicking it with bro. And he had been talking to Twisty a little bit because at this time, Twisty was kind of getting like people knew about him, but it was super low key. Like, I remember the first time I seen him, he popped up on my TikTok and everybody was like, whose fucking dad is this, bro? Like, why are you making TikToks to eat? Because he looked like such a jock. Dude, he looked like a like a frat. Well, he was like a, a baseball frat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could tell yeah. that he wasn't like some emaciated lean drinker. He looked like <laughs> yeah. a big strapping young buck. I mean, at this time, too, it was like it was a lot of kids just listening, like blowing this shit up at the time. So when yeah. you see this big dude like making a, a <laughs> fucking TikTok to yeet, you're like, yo, what the fuck? But anyway, so he hits me up and he's like, yo, I want to be in your video shoot. So I'm like, shit, all right, bet. Like, pull up. Dude. This guy calls me at two in the morning. I didn't think he was serious. I'm like, oh, bro, you live in San Diego. Like, you're not, I was shooting this video tomorrow. You're not coming out here. Like, you know what I mean? I'm thinking he's just fucking around. Bro, he texts me at 2 a.m. and he's like, on my way. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, all right, bro, bet. So he didn't have a car. So he had his friend drive him. He like, I guess he just asked one of his friends like, yo, drive me out to Arizona. So halfway into the drive, bro, his friend wants to sleep. So he lets Twisty drive. He fucking wrecks his friend's car, bro. <sighs> Totals his friend's car in the middle of the desert. Middle of fucking nowhere on the, the road from San Diego to fucking Arizona. <laughs> Totals his car, right? And I guess he wasn't like that close with this guy. Like, I don't, I don't know who this dude was, but he wasn't that close with him. So he totals his car. His friend's like freaking out. He's like, bro, like, what the fuck? You just crashed my fucking car. You know what Twisty does? He's like, damn, bro. Calls an Uber, keeps coming to Arizona. Damn. He just left, left his friend yeah. with a total car to come to Arizona, bro. That's a man he, on a mission. He gets out here. I have to That's pick dedication. him up. I picked him up from, like, the first gas station when you get into Arizona, bro. And I'm like, bro, how the fuck did you get out here? And he's like, oh, I just Ubered. Like, I just left my friend. I'm like, bro, <laughs> like, what? You just left him? Like, you don't care about, bro? And he's like, he's like, nah, he'll be all right. He's all good. Bro, I guess his friend was, like, tweaking out and, like, showed up at his parents' crib, like, Two days later, knocking on their door, like, yo, your son totaled my fucking car, like... And left me, which is crazy. Bro, it was just a whole crazy scenario. The more so, I think about it, the more I think we should have him back on. Oh, dude. I just, I just the last couple years has been day. like, really? Yeah. yeah. The crazy shit, too, is that he... <laughs> so they were doing uh, the live stream podcast with Blasey and House Phone and shit, and, and Twisty P was supposed to pull up, so he pulls up. And somebody was waiting for him, and they beat the fuck out of him. That, that's that one interview y'all did, Yeah, right? and then he came on camera, and his face was all fucking bloody and shit. You've never seen that where he runs in here, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. No way. It's at the old me? spot, bro. Like, somebody hit him with brass knuckles and shit, and we didn't have Holy security shit. or anybody at that his, time. This like, tweaker, his, his full, like, prime tweaker era. Yeah, <laughs> like, 2020. Was, like, really letting loose and then uh wow. it's it's kind of a shame because blasey like turned off the live stream because he felt bad about it but i yeah. would have I just talked to the motherfucker even with the bloody face nah, <laughs> dude, so, he, to him. so that that week he was in arizona with us that week and like party with he's us. like a big kid bro like at this time too he wasn't he he was so he was on um i'm not even gonna say but <laughs> you know at this time he was more like grounded he wasn't mm-hmm. He wasn't the twisty P the internet saw. Like, he was very... He, he was just, like, a big kid. Like, he, he obviously, you know, like, 
he needed some guidance, but mm. you know, he was cool and and we were there, you know, we were taking care of him, bro. Like I, I sent him to my homeboy Jay's crib and you know, Jay was taking care of him and every day I was going to fucking link with them, bro, and we were just fucking what did we do? We we brought we went to a couple parties. Yeah. Went to you had like a fucking house party show that we yeah, did. Yeah, bro. So I performed at this fucking like house party Sticks in Arizona. <laughs> like the the most just fucking like random shit ever. I was standing on top of like a kitchen countertop, like performing with a mic that didn't even work. Yeah, I was just playing. <laughs> and the then songs. There, you see Twisty in the middle with his shirt off, like moshing, fucking crazy. moshing with a bunch the of biggest like man in eighteen year olds, bro. Like <laughs> 17, 18 year olds that are in there, and he's fucking tweaking out, bro. Like it, it looked so insane, but. Yeah, no, nah, we we kicked it out there with him. Um, kind of just took him around Arizona. And then uh, that's when he went back home. And then, like, two weeks later, bro, is when all the— he, he went up. It just went—yeah, he went up, and shit went downhill. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Basically. All the viral shit was all, like, yeah. pretty bad for him overall. I, I feel bad, bro. Like, he's a good kid. No, he's he a good just, person, yeah. He had, like— just the wrong hand. He just got wrap. Let the internet wrap him up. Yeah, because he his, like his mom is the nicest lady ever too, bro. Really? Like she's very, very nice. Like really tries to take care of him and shit. He just, I think it was just a mix of like bad influence, bro, and just drugs. getting carried away. And then not even drugs, bro. He he didn't even do drugs or anything. Like because I remember everybody would be like, oh, he's on drugs, bro. He just genuinely like. He's not mentally there like that. I remember thinking that he was yeah. on drugs and then having people kind of correct that and being like, yeah, no, bro, he's, just, he, he's just like that. He he had like an accident. Like, a, I mean, everybody knows this now. He had like a baseball accident. Mm. So like that's that's kind of what led to that shit. But yeah, bro, like, I don't know. I, he, he's a good kid, bro. He just, like I said, just makes a bad influence and getting carried away with shit. Definitely. So what uh what do you got coming up that you're excited about that the fans should look out for? Um, Shit, bro, just... New music, new videos, everything. So yeah, I um, I'm just really trying to stay on top of shit, with just being consistent, and um, really just taking my time to work on music. Like, I think a lot of the music I was making before, I wasn't taking my time on as much as I do now. Like mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'll be in the studio, I'll go back to songs ten times over. Um, really just having like a full creative process with everything I'm doing. Definitely. What uh, are, you, are you trying to like have a, a official album at any point in the future, or what, what's your thought process on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the the on my own album was kind of like I'd say like my first. It was like it was my first studio album. So you count yeah. that as an album, okay? I count that as a studio album because that you know I I fully did that album in the studio. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know the work that I'm gonna put out from like here on is way more. You know, obviously I'm trying to like I said I'm trying to take the more mainstream approach with shit. Mm. Um. And trying to really, really just like take the like I said, take the time with my shit and and put a lot more a lot more components into Some my more music. More polished sound. Yeah, more polished, bro. Like more worked on, you know. What would be your dream mainstream feature? <laughs> shit, Drake, bro. Like, I, yeah, I grew up on Drake, so yeah. that's like, yeah, most definitely. Um, other than Drake, probably shit, Future, Thug, um, Don Tolliver. Really like Don Tolliver's music. Um, yeah, bro. There's a lot of a lot of dudes that I fuck with. Definitely. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Of and, course, uh, bro. I appreciate it. Everybody, appreciate go, having me. go turn them up on yes, all sir, streaming services. Yes, sir. Let's go. Everybody, no jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, Instagram, etc. Like, comment, and subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. Boom.